Um, and I, I think that's the really cool part about the Language House that, yes, one of the goals is to improve language speaking abilities and language proficiency, um, but a, a larger goal of participating in the Language House is to be able to have such an immersive cultural experience where um, all, of our, all of our students are being able to benefit beyond just learning the language that they're studying. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Jalen Millen is the new director of the Language House at Cornell. She fills us in on the big changes and goings-on at our favorite residential program. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. Today, we are joined by Jalen Millen, the new Language House director on campus. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Jalen. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So we are excited to hear all about your plans for our favorite residential program. But first, can you give us a little bit more details on your background, what brought you to the Language House, and what is your own background and journey with languages? Yeah, so um, I guess a little bit of educational background leading up to here. Um, I studied Spanish at my undergraduate institution at a teeny tiny liberal arts school in Indiana called Hanover College. Um, and then I went into my graduate program studying higher education and student affairs uh, at Indiana University. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's kind of what led me here. But so go, going back a little bit further uh, to give a little bit more context about why I was interested in working in the language house um, is my... Upbringing, as, as I was growing up, uh, my family and I had the opportunity to travel around to different um, countries and mm -hmm. learn more about different cultures, uh, different languages, and it was just such an exciting childhood to be exposed to so many different yeah. um, diverse groups of people. Um, and so having that background kind of instilled like a, a core value of mine to want to learn more about different cultures and different mm -hmm. languages. Um, and I, I think that's the really cool part about the Language House that, yes, one of the goals is to improve language speaking abilities and language proficiency. Um, but a, a larger goal of participating in the Language House is to be able to have such an immersive cultural experience yeah. where um, all, of our, all of our students are being able to benefit beyond just learning the language that they're studying. Yeah, and so, so then I, I went on to my undergraduate studies and studied Spanish and um, had the opportunity to study abroad in Mexico. Cool. And uh, a Spanish professor of mine approached me one, one day um, and asked if I would be interested in uh, working as an au pair for her sister, um, her sister's family in Spain. And so I got to spend a couple of summers in Spain. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... Lots of lots of different ex experiences that kind of led me to this position. Mm -hmm. I'm Wonderful. really excited to be here now. Awesome. Well, I want to ask you a little bit about the language house and the structure of the language house. Um, so just a few little short questions, starting with what languages are represented this year? Yeah, so we actually have uh, six languages represented. We have um, Mandarin, Spanish, Japanese, 
French, German, and Arabic. Um, so actually moving forward, we're hoping to have these six languages represented every year. Historically, we've had five languages and alternated the sixth language every year. Um, and so uh, the goal moving on is to, starting next year, have all six languages represented. And this is partially because you actually moved into a new location with Language House this year, right? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So we are really, really excited that the Language House moved from Bolt Hall, which is one of the five buildings in Cook House, to North Baker, which is another one of our Gothic buildings. Um, and we, we chose to do this for a few reasons, but probably the main reason was uh to provide a larger space for our students and to provide um, more more beds, more opportunities for mm -hmm. people to be involved. And so uh, now we have a chance to have even more students to participate in the Language House, but also we have a wonderful um, common area, uh, kitchen and study room, uh, which just gives us so much more space to work with when nice. we're going to do programs. Yeah. Great. So about how many students are living in the Language House this year? So we have about 42 residents who are living with us in the Language House and also participating in the, the programmatic uh, mm -hmm. experiences of the Language House. Um, we do actually have additional beds, about 18 residents who um, selected to live in the Language House um, because maybe there wasn't enough space somewhere else. Um, and so the language house was a perfect spot for them to be able to continue living within our residential halls. Um, of those 18 additional students, some of those students were really um, pleasantly surprised at the opportunities that the language house pre presents. Yeah. So they um, actually chose to opt into the language house, which is really neat. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and so how are the students who are involved in the programs they're using language? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so there are many ways that our students can get involved in the uh, programmatic events of, of the Language House. And so um, one of the ways is through our meal hours and our conversation hours. So what that means is weekly, uh, our students have four meals a week together in their language section. And so this is a great opportunity to just have natural, normal conversation um, over a meal mm -hmm. and uh, they can really practice <clears throat> practice having those conversations with, with each other. Um, another opportunity is through their conversation hours, which isn't necessarily over a meal, um, but gives them another opportunity to Kind of, kind of formally sit down and and be able to have a conversation where they they can practice certain areas that maybe they they are struggling on in the language, um, or even just uh, speak with their resident language fellow um, about concerns or difficulties that they're having with the language. Um, outside of the meal hours and conversation hours, we also have a special conversation hour requirement where our resident language fellows um, host some sort of activity or special event that uh, gives them another opportunity to mm -hmm. practice the language. Um, and this can range from anything like uh, our, our students have in the past made boba, um, they've, <laughs> they've gone to get boba, or they've made boba themselves, which I find to be really cool. 
Um, and so just, just some fun event where they can uh, have another opportunity to practice their language. Um, those are some of our, some of our uh, programming opportunities, but there are also additional opportunities where the students are able to uh, use the budget that they're given to really take, take some ideas and run with it so that they can learn, be in an environment where they're learning this language um, in kind of a fun way where they, they're doing events that are fun for them. Yeah. So uh, all of these programmatic events that you just mentioned, are those only open to the students in the language house or are some of them also open to the greater Cornell um, community? To participate in the language house, there is um, there is a fee that is posted on our website. It is currently $50 a semester. And because of that fee, there are some events that logistically are easier to limit just to our language house residents. Um, however, we do have a really great uh, program called our out-of-house associates. Um, our our, our out-of-house associates are able to apply on our website. Um, and this is a way for them to also get involved in the language house and be be able to participate in those um, those sort of special events that require a little bit more additional funding. Um, there's also a fee for that. It's it's fifty dollars a semester for that uh, association as well. But with this fee, um, it allows these students to be able to participate, um, even though they may not have the chance to live in the language house specifically. So those out-of-house associates, is that um, specifically targeting other students, or are there also ways for faculty and staff to get involved? Yeah, our out-of-house associates are targeting other students, um, and we we are accepting applications, so we're, we're excited to see some students apply. Um, another way that other students can get involved is... Um, attending our meal hours or conversation hours. And so all of those will be posted on our website. Um, and, and I can help get you in touch with the, the resident language fellow for the section that you're interested in, in joining. Um, and this is, a, this is a great opportunity to get involved in some of our more consistent weekly programs that mm -hmm. take place. Um, for If faculty um, or staff are interested in, in participating, uh, our students, our student staff are always uh, really looking for ways to partner with, with faculty and staff in a way that can <clears throat> really enhance their experience, but also form a connection between sure. our faculty and staff across, across Cornell. So if there's anyone interested in getting involved, whether that's um, assisting with a program or uh, providing ideas to providing ideas for different programs, um, please feel free to reach out to me um, and I'd be happy to see how we can coordinate something. Wonderful. And this is actually where I'm going to put in a quick plug for our own conversation hours. Um, so at the LRC, we also offer weekly conversation hours. We're also still in the process of finalizing those dates, um, but that's a nice compliment to what is offered at the Language House. And of course, all of the Language House residents are always more than welcome to join us here at the LRC as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the resident language fellows and, and who are they and what is their role in, in facilitating some of the programs at the Language House? Absolutely. So our resident language fellows are our student staff who live in the Language House. 
and uh, essentially take the lead on organizing different events, um, maintaining the budget for their section, and uh, really helping to build that community in the language house itself. Currently, we have four resident language fellows. Um, we have a resident language fellow for our Arabic section. Um, her name is Iman, and she is a PhD student. And the other three um, RLFs are currently undergraduate students, and their names are uh, Oscar for the Spanish section, Koichi for the Japanese section, and Anna for the Mandarin section. Uh, they are all wonderful students, really excited to be able to work with, with such strong leaders on campus. Um, I will also put a plug out there. We are ser currently searching to hire um, a resident language fellow for our French section. And so if there are any uh, native or heritage French speakers who are interested in participating in the language house, I'd love to chat and see if, if uh, this position might be a good fit for you. So we, we are currently only hiring for the French section, but um, starting this year, I will be recruiting for uh, recruiting to hire staff for all six, six languages so that we can have that um, resource there for our students moving forward. That's great. So there has been a lot going on at the Language House, a new director, a new location. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that's new this year or maybe, you know, things where you are adjusting because of our circumstances right now? Yeah, yeah. So things are things are always constantly changing in, in the times that we're in now. I know that this past year, uh, instead of having meal hours uh, and conversation hours in person, uh, they were kind of adjusted a little bit to be more appropriate to Zoom. And so we had cafe hours um, and conversation hours. And so that was one way we tried to adjust to the circumstances. Um, thankfully, now it, we are in a place where we're able to have um, our meal hours and conversation hours and, and other programs in person. Um, but of course, things are things are always evolving. Sure. And so um, I'm definitely, gonna, I will definitely make sure to be in clear communication um, if, if our circumstances change or if uh, university policy is altered at, at all. Yep. Where can students find out more about the Language House? Absolutely. So if you uh, search on our website, we have tons of information from our staff to the different sections and our conversation hours and meal hour schedules um, and so much more information on our website. So all you have to do is just Google Cornell Language House and we will be the first, uh, first uh, website that pops up. So feel free to find us there. Um, you can also feel free to reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy, more than happy to chat with residents who are interested in learning more about the Language House or getting involved um, either this year or potentially living with us next year or in future years. Um, and you can email me at jm2387 uh, at cornell.edu. And I would be happy to, to set up a meeting to chat. Um, my office is in Cook, Maine, which is the, the main building of, of our Cook House on West Campus. On the ground floor, um, room G05. So feel free to reach out. I would love to connect with people if, if they're interested in learning more about the language house. And we know that the best things happen on buildings ground floors. 
G04 <laughs> for us. So yeah. that's that's how the saying goes. Yes. <laughs> that, that old chestnut. <laughs> so, Jalen, what advice would you give to students who are interested in immersing themselves more into a target language, whether they live in Language House or not? Do you have any final like snippet of advice to give to students? So a, a piece of advice I would give to anyone interested in immersing themselves in a new language is to uh, under, understand and kind of be prepared for the feelings of um, maybe frustration or intimidation of learning a new language. Um, it can be really, really frustrating to, to start learning a new language um, if, if you're feeling like maybe you're reaching a block um, I know I personally experienced that when I was learning Spanish and, um, you know, so many years in the classroom and I just still was struggling to get over this hurdle. Um, and the one thing that really took my Spanish speaking levels to a different language was being in an environment where I was immersed in the language. Um, and so being able to uh, be, be brave enough and confident enough to put yourself in situations, whether that's um, studying abroad or traveling abroad, if, if you're able to, um, or being involved in local programs like like the Language House yeah. um, that gives you the opportunity to um, practice that language in a no-judgment zone. Um, that's something that our resident language fellows are very clear about up front, that um, this, is a, this is a safe place to be learning something new, and this is the place to make mistakes and learn from those mm -hmm. mistakes. So acknowledge and recognize that there might be some feelings of um, frustration or intimidation, but that that is completely normal. Great. Wonderful. So we invite everybody who's listening. If you're a student on our campus, go check out Language House and um, consider maybe joining next year. All right. Well, Jalen, before we sign off, uh, we'd like to ask you, as we ask all our guests, to share your favorite word in a language you speak, love, or are learning. Let's hear it. Yeah, I love this question. I I will have to cheat just a little bit because it's not one word. It's three. <laughs> um, uh, so, so my favorite phrase that I learned when I I was reading a book in Spanish in, in undergrad is aprovechar el momento, which essentially means to like seize seize the moment or take advantage of um, take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, I I got chills when I learned that, um, and and it really helped me to really think about the the ways the way that I'm approaching life and uh, approaching different opportunities that come mm -hmm. up. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for speaking of language with us today, Jalen. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed getting to chat with you all. Next week, we'll speak with Jamie Rankin. Dr. Rankin is the director of the Princeton Center for Language Study, and he gave a talk as part of our monthly LRC speaker series on research-based strategies for teaching and learning L2 vocabulary. You can watch his full talk on our YouTube channel. And, of course, you can listen to next week's episode online. Until then, Auf Wiederhören! The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. 
Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners and do stay tuned for our next episode.